as recording. Welcome, Terry. Hello. It's our podcast, video cast. It's our Zoom podcast. It's our Zoom I'm podcast. I'm that I'm at home. I have three dogs. They oh. like to alert me to mailman, Amazon, squirrels. So I apologize if there's any barking that occurs. Right. And I have some children that may wander in and want toast, but we're just going to continue talking and get out the information we need to get out for you today. Mm-hmm. And today our topic is going to be um, homeschooling. Homeschooling? Is that really the topic? Surviving the quarantined attempts at homeschooling? Yes. Surviving the quarantine attempts. And I, I feel like a lot of the things I'm seeing on social media and even that my friends are talking about is how are we going to do this? How, how are we going to actually school our children? And everyone's making the jokes about how they're going to need self self-medication, you know, perhaps a support group. So we would like to offer the support group strategies yes. of how to manage uh, this temporary, hopefully temporary new world that we have. And to help you, our listeners, viewers, understand some of the underlying components of the tasks related to homeschooling and how important those are, almost as important as the content itself. Agreed. Okay. And an, another caveat I'd like to mention, some of the pressure, I think we need to take some of the pressure off the fact that we're calling it homeschooling. I feel like homeschooling parents, they, they, this is a choice for them. They choose homeschooling because they want to do things differently or outside of the box, or maybe they're teachers or that now stay home with their children. They've got different ideas and this is a choice. And this is not a choice for us. This is a something that's been thrust upon us. So we have to make the best of the situation. And I think sometimes thinking of yourself as a homeschooler or educating your children, it adds a layer of pressure we don't need. Mm-hmm. I would say. So we have some tips we're gonna present to you and we're gonna get you a handy dandy handout that's gonna be uh, downloadable with our Zoom cast today, if you will. Starting with number one, I think we need to release the color-coded schedule, which is what yeah. I was kind of alluding to when I said that. And remember that this was decided for you and that I'm looking. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Anyway, to release that color-coded schedule because we're going to have days that look different every single day. You are going to have a schedule, but that schedule is not necessarily going to be one that your children want to have. So you need to involve your kids in the process of that and the process of that scheduling. Mm I would absolutely agree. And although there is an importance um, of structure and routine, sometimes trying to follow too much of a structure causes actually undue stress and anxiety and can actually make things worse. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, If you are going to have some kind of structure, like we've always talked about in the past, and we do have another podcast on visual scheduling, Mm-hmm. But if you are going to introduce some kind of structure, just I encourage you to uh, have your kids be part of it. What is it that they want to focus on? Maybe they want to learn math or fractions in a different way. Are they interested in cooking? Like well, be a little bit creative in your scheduling and make sure that you're including them in that. Absolutely. Uh, point- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and OT Terry says, in as you're kind of thinking of what potentially should be in the schedule for homeschooling, Also think about movement and activity and um, those types of opportunities so that we're not just on the bed, in the couch, or in front of a a computer the entire time. Right. We don't want to think about schooling as just paper, pencil tasks. So we don't want to get caught up on the worksheets and the online learning as much as we do the experience because we learn through experience, right, and movement. So we have to do that. 
the other tip is going to be to embrace what you're good at. So whether, you know, at home, things are different. Obviously, uh, you know, you're not able to do your job right now the way you normally would. But what do you do around the house that you're good at that perhaps you can invite your children to be part of? And so in that vein, things like money management, things like laundry, uh, cooking. Things like cooking. I made some banana work. bread this morning. What's and that? Within, the, within the context of banana bread, I want people to think about all of the underlying tasks that it takes. So first of all, you have to find the recipe. You have to open up the cookbook, find the right page. There's a bunch of visual components and sequencing that needs to occur. Um, how do you get something that's off of the top shelf? My sugar is on the top shelf of the cupboard. How do you get that down? scooping, measuring, peeling bananas. There's so many fine motor, visual motor, executive functioning, sequencing components of a task that are opportunities for our kids to learn at a variety of all different levels. Mm -hmm. And what encompasses this entire thing we're talking about today, how we keep talking about involving the kids, is that you need to focus on letting the kids experience that process. Because as a mom, as Terry just explained that, I thought, mess. <laughs> They're going to be peeling the bananas and measuring and scooping and finding the sugar. And you're like, ah, and you think about all the things that you would be able to just do real quick as a mom. Mm. But part of this, the, the biggest part of it is the process, <laughs> not necessarily the end product of making the banana bread. If you made the banana bread, but you showed the kids that you made the banana bread and you, you measured and scooped and they just sat there and watched and took it all in. We really haven't, that's not learning. That's not experiencing. So you need to let go of the end product might be messy because then you've got the cleanup. Lots of things to be done with cleaning up, OT Terry, exactly. correct? Exactly. So much. You've got squirting and the fine motor and the wiping and the bilateral coordination, plus the visual scanning of the surfaces. Every activity around the house can be used therapeutically or to develop these skills. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Now, we can also put a link. We have a, a doodly, little two-minute doodly video clip that emphasizes being part of the process, focusing on the process and not the end product. We'll link that in here. Wow. What a, what a way to bring it all together, Tara. I like it. Yep, yep. Yes, we do have a YouTube channel that has kind of our little tips uh, broken down into two, three-minute segments. So we'll link those as, as we talk about them. Mm -hmm. um, the next one, which I really like because it talks about vulnerability as a parent, is learning together. Uh, yes. if you've ever tried to do, and maybe this is just me, but if you've ever tried to do freshman math and learn an algebraic concept over again, that maybe you haven't learned and, or thought about in 30 years, then you're going to have to learn together. And that means utilizing the resources that we have in the internet and YouTube and learning together and demonstrating some of that vulnerability and asking questions together. You don't have to have every answer. You might not even know how to do fourth grade math. I know that there's a very interesting way of doing long division. And I'm sorry, but a Gen Xer like myself, I do it differently. So <laughs> when, when I see this, I panic. But we don't need to panic. Everybody's going to go back to school doing it the old way. We know this. We know that that's what's going to happen. But we're going to learn together. We're going to figure things out together. We're going to ask questions together. And that's, that's important. I think that's key is asking the, those curiosity questions. Mm -hmm. And like Stacy mentioned, being vulnerable and showing that you don't know how to do this. However, what you are as a parent, not necessarily as a teacher, what you're really good at is helping them figure it out. Right. And having that through that process of if you right. don't know, what are these things that you can do? And again, we want to make sure that you are asking those questions, not telling. We'll look it up on YouTube. We'll go do this. Be mindful of your language and that it's not always directing. Right. It's question asking. 
with some wait time. And as you may know, we have a doodly about that. We'll have to link that one in as well. Yes, about asking questions and not always giving so much direction. You need to take some of the pressure off of yourself as a parent that you have every answer, that you have to do everything. You don't. You don't have all the answers. Kids know and learn different things and in different ways than they did when we were younger. So allow yourself that it, it doesn't need to even feel vulnerable, although it might. But I invite you just to, like Terry said, ask the questions and focus on the process. Absolutely. Which leads us to another important point is family meetings. Mm -hmm. I find a family meeting to be pivotal. And it doesn't, when I say family meetings, I don't want you to picture something that's like, we all have to come together at five o'clock and sit at the table. Yes, and we're, this is how we're going to do it. And I'm running the meeting and, and we've come to the table to complain about all the things that are going wrong. <laughs> it's not, not about that. So think of it more like maybe a committee that's coming together to brainstorm. You're just creating a time. Now, whether you say, hey, guys, I want to talk to you at dinner time, or you say, hey, let's meet at the kitchen table at 11, because you can start educating your children at 11 in your pajamas. There's no rules to what's happening okay. right now. Yes, any day you want. You can look any way you want. So, but coming together in a, in a meeting style and think of it like a kind of a democratic system where everybody gets to be heard, everyone has an opinion, and you get to discuss what you'd like to do today, what the day looks like. Maybe you reflect on what happened yesterday that worked or didn't work, but family meetings need to be a time when everyone comes together and they just feel like they're part of the process and they get listened to. And sometimes what we find is from our families that do family meetings is that the kids actually will come up with solutions and suggestions and, and how to manage situations that the parents might go, oh, that might be a little extreme or, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. And it actually works because the kids are the ones that came up with it. And the mm -hmm. kids go, oh, I did say that. And right. then they hold themselves accountable. Right. I mean, when, even as adults, I mean, when are you going to be more invested when you were part of the idea or when you were just told what to do? Because quite frankly, nobody likes to just be told what to do 24 hours a day. So there's a freedom really in the parent being able to back up and say, I'm not sure how to do this or even how this is going to look and then put it on the kid with, what do you guys think? So, you know, you can feel uh, like you're empowering your child. And at the same time, you don't have to have all the pressure on you to make it perfect. So mm -hmm. Enjoy family meetings for those things. We talk about this a little bit in our parenting course, which we're going to give a hot sale at the end, a real hot sale on the parenting course, because it seems like this is going to go longer than we thought. So we thought it's a good idea to get that out to you. But um, in, the, in the parenting course, we talk about family meetings a little bit more in depth. And one of the suggestions we say is have a little whiteboard that people can write on there for later. Maybe there's a problem we can't solve or there's something that came up that we were like, huh, I don't know what that's going to look like. And you can write it on the agenda for later. What that does is allow a little wait time for the kids to think about it. You don't have to have an immediate answer and feel pressure to save the day. And sometimes by the time that subject comes back along, we've already figured it out. So we can erase it and go, hey, we did that yesterday. And so there's some freedom in not having the answer right away. And allowing the kids to write that themselves, says O.T. Terry. Yes, always or good. Draw a picture or write it out and then you can clarify underneath, but try not to always be the one as the adult who is writing or to erase what they wrote and write it in a more clear, legible fashion. You can write underneath it or in addition to, but allow them that uh, pride in their work. Absolutely. Add a little asterisk if we're not sure what it says, but everybody gets a chance. I like to put kids in the same boat. We'll let the two-year-old write it down. It doesn't even matter. We'll let them scribble a little something and perfect. The drawing or whatever it is is, is perfect the way it is. Mm -hmm. 
So this is also a time, I think, to focus on another point, uh, executive functioning skills. So planning and organizing and then executing this system. But it's to use those front brain skills and think of like an executive, all the things, all the multitasking that has to go on. It does. It's not going to be learned or experienced well if the adult is the one running it. Dictating. Yes. Dictating. Right. So think so, of the banana bread story that we just mentioned and all of the steps that it takes to come up with the idea. Are you going to do banana bread or pumpkin bread or zucchini bread? And what do you need? And do you have all of the items? There's so many steps. And then the, another thing that's really important to model and help foster as we're looking at these executive functionings is what do you do when there's a problem? What do you do when something doesn't go quite right? Are you working towards fostering this sort of uh, growth mindset of, yes, I can, I can accomplish this. We can figure this out together and overcome this. Or is it, well, I guess we don't make bread today. Is it the end? <laughs> I found that funny. <laughs> good. I wanted it to be. Yeah, it was good. I don't make bread today. I, I think a lot of people will fall to that. I don't make bread. Forget it. There's no bread. Just, there's no bread. Right. Okay. Try to make the bread people. She's going back to that analogy, make some bread. Okay. Just make some bread. And that, that, that links into our sixth point that we wanted to make, which was model how you handle stress. Mm -hmm. So wait, before you go into the sixth point, I had something else to add. Sorry. It's so big in executive functioning. It's so big. Let's back it, it up. Is. Time it management. Podcast. I, I, it could be. And then some, but time management. I just, that's a huge thing I know for kids is that they don't know how much time it takes them to get something done. Have you ever asked a kid to put in a load of laundry and it's like, hi, oh, you think they're ripping off your big toe or this is, I always tell my son, you take more time complaining than actually executing. And I heard him say that yesterday to my younger son who was raking. And he was like, you're spending more time complaining about it than actually doing it. I was like, yes, that's good. Yes. Do you see how it yes. feels? So time management, just this is a really opportune time to slow down and have your kids uh, be part of that process and see how long things take and, and really feel instead of complaints. So, okay, continue. Okay, with no, I'm going to jump into that. I've got another example. So um, I was talking with another one of our therapists and, and a couple of people, and they were stating how difficult it is to be a mom and be trying to work and at the same time have your kids. And what they were saying is they've got, um, they include their kids in the process of um, creating little baskets. So each kid in their family has a little basket in the refrigerator of say the fresh snacks and goods that they can have and or a little basket you know, on the, on the dining room table that's got the banana and the, and the crackers and whatever it is that they can have as their snack during the day so that then the kids can visually monitor and begin some of these executive functioning skills of if I'm hungry now, what can I do? What can I have? If I eat this all now, what am I going to do? And so by providing some of these, um, not constraints per se, but, but visual, making everything visual, is one huge key task to help kids um, become more independent. I really like it. I'm gonna throw myself under the bus that I do that with goldfish and Cheez-Its, okay? Those are the things my teenage kids fight over. And so now during our uh, sequestering, if you will, at home, I've purchased their own. So big box of goldfish for Lou and a big box for, and then they get to write their name on it. And it's interesting to me, the rationing that's happening <laughs> and the management yeah. of the actual like yes. because they feel like well if, if he's going to eat it all then i got to get mine but now they're rationing they're saving they're 
folding it up and clipping it because they want theirs to be fresh. They're part of the process. And why I didn't do that before, I'm not sure. But similar to the basket where it's like, this is what we have today. Learn how to mm -hmm. use it. Fantastic. Yep. What a great yep. skill and what an mm -hmm. easy thing to do. And what a great thing. I like that. Good. Great. Now, model handling stress. Model handling stress. Okay. You want me to begin? Okay. Okay. So modeling handling stress. So, you know, there's a couple mm -hmm. interesting things I just want to point out. Number one, not everything has to be perfect. You don't have to be in a, you know, in a yoga pose and in a meditative state at all times, <laughs> showing your children that this is fine. This is upsetting. This is stressful. This one moment you could feel fine and grateful and be so glad that your family is healthy. And in the next moment, you're worried for finances and your job or just the health of the world or someone that you love has been diagnosed. I don't think we necessarily have to carry a, a stoic face. I think our emotions can be real and mm -hmm. I think they can be shared to a degree that you're, you're healthily vulnerable, if you will, if that's even a task, but you're able to at least show kids that emotions are, are safe to discuss. I don't think it needs to be swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, Terry? I would absolutely agree. Yes. Right. So have honest conversations and ask them what they're thinking. Ask them what they're feeling. Yes. What we like to teach um, oftentimes during therapy sessions is that any thought or any feeling that you have is okay. It might not feel good per se, or it might not be one that you want to have all the time, but they are okay to have. And it is our job to figure out sort of what to do. What can I say or what can I do when these thoughts and these feelings come up? And so being able to model that for our kids is amazing and wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, you know, your kids want to see that they're safe, of course, but I think that there's some safety in just being honest. I don't think it's great if you're keeping the smile up all day and everything's fine. And then at the end of the day, you're, you're snapping, you know, there's that balance mm -hmm. of you can let the kids know this is a moment I might need a little bit more time and, and I might need to go for a walk. You're modeling ways to handle how to relieve stress in a healthy way. So yelling, not a great way to relieve stress. But taking a walk, taking a bath, even going into your room and putting yourself in a little time in in your room and just having a little time to reconnect. You know, you want to Google some kids yoga, whatever you need to do, but you're trying to model this is stressful, but there's ways to manage it. We're not trying to pretend there is no stress. And if, if yelling does occur, it might occur. These are terribly stressful times. If you do flip your lid and yell, please go back and repair that situation mm -hmm. and state, you know, I was feeling this way and how I responded, I, I apologize that that wasn't the best. Here's what you I know what? Do. And that's all you need to say because mm -hmm. kids are so resilient. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just in a hug and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because as adults, we tend to over talk. So just, <laughs> I'm sorry. And kids yes. will probably be like, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, 99% of the time, they're not going to hold a grudge. They just need to know you're a safe person but it's also safe to show some emotions. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, so some other things that we thought were just uh, things that you could put into a homeschool program that might be fun would be starting some kind of project together as a family. Terry has been using banana bread. I'm going to uh, talk about some power washing at my mm -hmm. home the other day. Our project has been trying to clean up the outside and do the windows and all the things that we do. Starting some kind of project that has an end goal that you're excited about, whether it's a garden or or the power washing of the windows is a great thing. However, I'm going to sprinkle in there the little caveat that again, when you have this project that you're starting together, you may need to let go of the fact 
that the end result is not going to be perfection the way you would have done it if you're including your kids in the process. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, my husband will be thrown under the bus just for a moment. Uh, my children were power washing. Now I know power washing requires tennis shoes and you need to be safe. But there was a spot, you know, that clearly my younger son, he's 13, he was getting into. I don't think it was being done to my husband's satisfaction. And pretty soon I see Kale's the one with the power washer and my son's just watching. So I said, well, what happened? He said, well, uh, that up there, that was a little bit tough for a new guy. And I said, well, why didn't we just teach the new guy how to do it? Oh, that didn't really occur to Kale, <laughs> even though this is what we talk about all the time. It sometimes doesn't occur to us that even in those moments, what's the message you're sending to a child when you take that from his hand instead of using that moment, because we got time right now, using those moments to teach. Mm -hmm. And I was doing my gardening project and I have um, some lovely, wonderful neighbors across the street. And um, there's a young mom and she's got two kids and they had sidewalk chalk out and I was so excited to see what was gonna happen. And I witnessed the mom looking at her phone and sort of barking orders, if you will. And she was telling exactly what to do every single moment, every single step to her six-year-old and four-year-old. And their project, they were drawing, the plan was to draw Candyland and sidewalk chalk and then play with their bodies, which O.T. Terry loves and thinks is a great fun idea. The process in which this occurred did not include the kids. It included mom barking orders. The kids were whining. The kids were screaming. It wasn't done to her satisfaction. And then when it was time to play, the mom was picking the cards and telling the kids what to do. Again, all orders with no involvement of the kids, even though this mom came into this activity with the best of intentions. That right. activity, and with a great idea. I mean, camping in the driveway is awesome. Yeah, that project could have been wonderful and, and 10 times as much fun. So, right. And, probably, and in the end, it's not fun for mom. She doesn't want to direct right. it, but yet doesn't know how to relinquish that sense of control. Because that's the thing mm -hmm. as adults, we want to yep. control kids. And when the more we're controlling their activities, the more we're fearful they're, um, that we're losing ground or losing power. But you have more power when you're confident. You have more power yes. when you back off and you say, I don't know, what do you guys think? So yep. there's some power there. Um, the other thing we thought might be kind of fun to add to what you're doing is plan something for the future. Plan a vacation, plan a concert, a picnic, uh, a road trip, something you're going to do. Maybe Even if it's summer. just an event to grandma and grandpa's, what are you going to do the first time you get to go to grandma and grandpa's house? Exactly. So just to, to focus on some planning in that aspect, some, some executive functioning, you know, looking up gas prices, how many miles is it to get there? Do we want to fly? Do we want to drive? What are our road snacks? How much would that cost? You know, figuring those kind of things out, but in a way that can put some focus on some future fun and that we're not always going to be in this situation. We're just making the best of it right now. Absolutely. So in summary, involve your kids, focus on the process, not the end product, really focus on that connection and that communication and try to gleam as much joy as possible during these times. I like it. Um, okay, so our hot flash sale is that our parenting course, which takes really all of these things we just talked about and really applies it to your family, breaks it down into small lectures, has downloadable worksheets that you can work all of this out, um, is going to be now $99 
but also you could do it in two payments of $60, which is really just a therapy session. So it'd be like one parent coaching session with me. However, there's 30 parent coaching sessions and then 25 pages of resources and then all these other resources that we're gonna do on top of it. So it's gonna be either 99 upfront or two $60 payments. So it's just one therapy session and you get all the information I could get out of my head uh, from the last 20 years. And this is and available for everyone. You do not have to be a client of Family Tree Therapies. You could be listening in California. You could be in Uganda. You could be wherever you are in this lovely world and have access to the internet and glean information that's going to be life-changing for both you and your, your kids from across the ages, from two to teenagers. Right. So um, going in there right now and using the coupon code, well, we're going to put it in this morning, Terry. What would you think is a good coupon code? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I don't want people to think that it's just homeschooling. What's that? No. Um, is it 50% off? That's what you're offering? It's going to be 50% off. It's going to be, well, no, it's even, no, it's more than that because originally it's $300. So it's now on sale for 99 and then, or two payments of 60. How about we just put in family tree? Our coupon yep. code will be family tree. And then that's what you'll get. It'll be amazing. And yeah. Share that with your friends. Share that with your friends. Listening. Have them go on. I think it'll be great. Um, and then if you have any questions, we're going to post this on Facebook. We're going to have this on our podcast. So obviously people can listen wherever they listen and uh, grab that code and get online. And we hope that this helps. Download the PDF. Download the worksheet from this podcast that will help you out. And Good luck, everyone. All right. We'll be back soon. All right. Bye-bye.